It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today will serve as our preview to the Philadelphia Eagles game, the Bengals' week three opponent. Before we get into it, James, one last reminder for the good people about the football over at Nyko Sports, the Joe Burrow commemorative collector's item with three panels of Joe Burrow and Bengals goodness with his stats, with the Bengals history, with a great photo of Paul Brown Stadium, and you can get it so easily today. All you got to do is call 1-800-345-2868. It's a full-size football, only 99 bucks. They're selling like crazy. Again, 1-800-345-2868. Call them now or go online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. And be sure to mention the Lockdown Bengals podcast. While you go check out that football over at nikosports.com, James and I are going to get into the injuries. Then James talks with Gino from Locked On Eagles. What a Philadelphia name, by the way, to talk about this week three matchup from the Eagles point of view. What's going on with Carson Wentz? Then in segment three, James and I will talk about what we're looking for in this week three contest for the Bengals with Fred Johnson back out there at right guard and Joe Burrow making his third NFL career start. But first, we're going to talk about the injuries because these are looking significant for the Bengals. Is Well, there's another Geno that we have to talk about. So let's start there. The Cincinnati Bengals are staring week three in the face in another week where Mike Daniels and Geno Atkins haven't practiced on Wednesday or Thursday. This is your Locked On Bengals lead story. I'm Jake Lisko along with James Rapine. The story doesn't end there for the Bengals and injuries. Sean Williams still on his way back. From the calf injury he suffered in training camp, he's been limited the last couple of days. And on the Eagles side of the ball, very significant injuries as well. Jalen Rager expected to miss an extended period of time for the Eagles, a rookie wide receiver. And Fletcher Cox, their all-world defensive tackle, has missed both practices this week with an abdomen injury. So on both sides of the ball, star defensive tackles could be out this weekend. And unfortunately for the Bengals, the other guys for Philly, I think, are more capable of filling the shoes of Fletcher Cox than what the Bengals have to fill Geno Atkins' role if he can't go for a third straight week. Doesn't sound like he's going to go, Jake, and it's it's really unfortunate for a, a thousand reasons. But you're desperate for a win. You're going up against a, an offense that really much like the Browns last week is coming in with a lot of pressure. Carson Wentz is getting ripped in Philadelphia. And so you know what you want to do 
you want to continue to pressure that guy and make number 11 beat you and, and, and stay in his head and pressure him and get in his face and knock him down and limit that Eagles rushing attack. And like we saw last week, it's, it's really hard to expect the Bengals to be able to pull that off without Geno Atkins. I would have my doubts even if he was able to play because he's missed basically the past month. But the fact that he didn't practice on Thursday, he didn't practice on Wednesday, hasn't really done anything outside of rehab field stuff in a long time. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but it's what the Bengals, it's the hand they've been dealt. We'll see if Mike Daniels can go. I think he has a better shot at this at this stage than than Geno Atkins. But the, it looks like the Bengals are going to be shorthanded. And that's really the story for me. Like, even if the Eagles are shorthanded, I know that'll help the Bengals offensive line some and alleviate the pressure on Joe Burrow. But if you can't slow down Miles Sanders, I think it's going to unleash the Carson Wentz that we're used to seeing and not the guy that's been awful the past couple of weeks. It's going to be very similar to to what we talked about against the Browns, where if Philly gets ahead and they can start just running the ball for the rest of the game, the Bengals are going to be on trouble in trouble on defense. But if they're relying on Carson Wentz to deliver good footballs, especially to wide receivers, the Philly wide receivers have really struggled this year. And Alshon Jeffrey has been dealing with an injury that he's trying to get back from. Things could continue to be rough for Carson Wentz in the passing game, but if they can hide him. And the Browns really did a great job of this. Of The few dropbacks that Baker had, I think he had like 25 dropbacks maybe in the entire game last week. If they can do that in Philadelphia for Carson Wentz to help him gain his confidence back together, they've got really good tight ends. That's going to be a problem for the Bengals and Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. And if if they can use those mismatches, use Sanders, then things could get a little dicey for the Bengals, especially if they're relying on Imani Bledsoe and Christian Covington to, again, play significant snaps. And it's not that they're bad players. It's just that they're not Geno Atkins. For Philly on the other side of the ball, they've got Lane Johnson at right tackle and the veteran Jason Peters playing left tackle now because they're also dealing with a lot of injuries along that offensive line. But the stalwarts of Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey still in there. Some questions at guard, but I think they've been okay. And again, for the Bengals defensive line without Geno Atkins, they've done very little this year. Sam Hubbard is is doing well in run defense. You know, DJ Reader still a good nose tackle, a good run defender. But without Geno, there's just been no pressure this year, and that puts the rest of the defense in a very bad position. And really, you don't hope for injuries if you're the Bengals, but you're almost hoping that Fred Johnson, after a full week of practice, doesn't have to go up against the Fletcher Coxes of the world, right, and, and can avoid this high-end Eagles front uh, that has underachieved so far this year for the most part, not only statistically, but uh, in my conversation coming up with Geno, you'll hear it. It's uh, it, it's a struggle or was a struggle uh, for the past couple of weeks here for the Eagles. And they've invested a ton of money in that defensive front. So if you're the Bengals and you can just hold serve, that's a win because the Eagles have spent enough assets where they want to win in the trenches each and every week with that defensive line. So if you could just hold serve and, and, and kind of keep Joe Burrow upright, give him just enough time, maybe a little more than the 2.4 seconds he did last week, I think it would be a huge win for this Bengals offense, especially one that's looking to connect downfield with A.J. Green and others. So we'll see if they can keep him upright and, and connect on some big plays on Sunday. And we'll see if A.J. Green has knocked some of that rust he admitted to off as Joe Burrow is focusing on the big play this week. We'll see what kind of results we get when the Bengals go to Philadelphia for week three on Sunday. 
Coming up next, James talks with Gino from Locked On Eagles to find out a little bit more about what's going on with Carson Wentz in this pass rush and really an underachieving team in Philadelphia. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're corner stores, coffee spots, or your favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. They remember your order, they call you by name, they're always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This season, get football in your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Let's continue to preview Sunday's matchup, Bengals-Eagles in Philadelphia. And for more on the Eagles, let's talk with Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles and Locked on Birds, uh, either way, at Locked on Birds on Twitter. Uh, Gino, a lot to discuss um, when it comes to the Eagles. Let's start with number 11, Carson Wentz, obviously struggling the first couple of weeks of the season. I'm hearing national talking heads talk about how he's the worst quarterback in the NFC East What's going on with Wentz right now, and, and why is he off to such a poor start? To just simply go off of what he has done the past two weeks would just be outright crazy. Because if you look at the past four years and contextualizing everything that he has done in those four years, he has done a lot better with a lot less. And to think that this two-game sample size early in the season, which has been so hectic because of everything going on in the world outside of football— Somebody like Carson Wentz, who puts a lot of the onus on himself, he digs himself into the hole a little bit. It just takes one or two games to kind of get him into to a rhythm. I just think it's little fixes with Carson. It's mm-hmm. it's mechanical issues that we've seen time and time again when he has had to press. And when there's a lot of injuries around him, he takes responsibility on his shoulders when he doesn't need to. And now more than ever he needs to realize that this team can make plays outside of just him and he just has to get back to playing simple football because he is a good quarterback I still think he's a top 15 quarterback in the league right now and when he's playing his best I'll put him right up there with any of the 
best quarterbacks in the league. If you look in 2017, he almost and should have had that MVP if he didn't get hurt. But we're here now in 2020, and we can't look at the past. We have to look at the future. I think 11 still has a lot of good football in him. I think Doug Peterson just has to simplify things a little bit, take the pressure off of him, because Carson takes all the pressure on himself, and it's kind of like the good and the bad of Carson Wentz. He takes all the pressure. He makes great plays, but at the same time, he makes very bad mistakes that he just needs to get rid of and stop doing because Gino, give us a rundown of the offensive line, because I know they've had some injury issues uh, at guard, obviously at tackle earlier in training camp. So what's going on? Who's going to start this week? uh, And how are they looking right now in the trenches? So last week we had a combination of Nate Herbig at right guard and then Isaac Sayamalu, who was injured partway through the game. Uh, Matt Pryor came in and played left guard for him. But the thing was, Matt Pryor, before the season had started, had all intents and purposes of playing right guard. But then Jason Peters came in, so Matt Pryor was taken out of the right guard equation, and then Jason Peters moves to left tackle, and then Nate Herbig goes to right guard, and now all of a sudden, Nate Herbig is our left guard, and Matt Pryor is back to right guard himself. I, I know that is a lot to, to take in, but it's very confusing. And to talk about continuity and one of the things that the Eagles had looking up for them this offseason was that they had a lot of pieces coming back, the coaches coming back, quarterback coming back. But now you've seen a different combination on the offensive line for the first three games, and you're down three starters. And arguably, Jason Peters is best days are behind him and Lane Johnson is just coming off an injury too so the only one playing top-notch football right now I would say is Jason Kelsey but to go from eight sacks allowed in the first week to zero in the second week it's a huge improvement especially when you're going against a guy like Aaron Donald who against this offensive line graded out I think it was PFF he graded out in his worst game since 2016 so they did a pretty decent job last week but now you're moving more pieces around. You're down three starters. It's going to be interesting to see how they do. I'm more nervous about Matt Pryor at right guard. I think Nate Herbig, if you go back and watch the first two games, has done a decent job in the snaps that he's played. Pryor is still young. He's still raw. But he did start in the playoffs for the Eagles last year. So he has starting potential and is a starting caliber player. It's just, can they keep the tight ends in enough to make away with some of the damage that hopefully Cincinnati isn't too bad compared to Aaron Donald and Washington week one and that'll hopefully be the saving grace and hopefully Carson Wentz stays upright for another game. Gino Camilleri joining us of Locked On Eagles. Let's stick with the offense. If I'm and just me looking at this from a thousand foot view, if I'm the Eagles and Carson Wentz is struggling and I look at the Bengals and they're third in rushing yards allowed at 370 yards in two weeks The Browns just chopped them up on the ground last week. I'm giving Miles Sanders the ball a ton and just going to rely on the second year Mm -hmm. back. Is that what you see the Eagles doing on Sunday? Yeah, I I absolutely do. Uh, A lot to do with Carson and how he has been playing. You want to take the pressure off of him. And also on the other end of the spectrum, Miles Sanders came back. The run game efficiency went through the roof with him back uh, a lot better then Boston Scott and Corey Clement did week one. And the good thing is Miles Sanders said he wasn't even fit for that game. So he's only going to look to improve on his rushing ability. And like you said, Cincinnati is third in rushing yards allowed. 
I, I say you just lean on the back of that offensive line. Get Carson maybe 25 throws in this game. I think 42 and 43 is way too much for him, especially since he hasn't been in a rhythm. I wouldn't be shocked to see Miles Sanders get the ball 25-plus times in this game, whether it's through running it or if he's catching some passes out in into the flat. He's going against some inexperienced linebackers in uh, Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaithers, and two guys that I would love to have here in Philadelphia, but I think we can win that matchup in Miles he is going to have to step up in a big way, especially since Jalen Rager went down and the wide receivers are once again all out of sorts for Philadelphia. Gino, let's switch gears. Let's look at the defense quickly. Um, I, I look at that defensive line. Seems like it's the strength of the team still still pretty stout from what I have seen. Is that still the case uh, on defense, that that defensive line is going to carry them? <sighs> I would like to say yes, but unfortunately they haven't proved it the last two weeks. And they're last in the league right now with zero turnovers. They just do not create turnovers on the defense at all. They don't create interceptions. They don't create fumbles. It is just bad overall. And what Jim Schwartz has to do is realize that if they were to have a bad game against Cincinnati— I think there's a legitimate chance that Jim Schwartz doesn't have a job come Monday because wow. he he has allowed the second most points in the first two weeks since 1974. So that's pretty bad for a Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator who in the last three years hasn't been too impressive in my opinion. And this Eagles team, there's a lot of pressure from a lot of different people. I think they're, they're almost to a boiling point and something has to change and it's either I've said to Lou on our show that if they lose to Cincinnati, like we could really be talking about having some serious talks about a rebuild. It's it's crazy to say with the the talent that this team has, but they just haven't been that twelve and four team which they need to be. They're a middle of the road nine and seven team the past two years. And you look at what they've done the past two weeks, it has to turn around very quick. And going out there and laying an egg against Cincinnati or just even Keeping it close, I think, is just not something that we want to be talking about come next week. Last question for me, Gino, and I appreciate you coming on. Oh, as far as uh, the Eagles secondary, that linebacker unit, second and third levels of that defense, what are your thoughts on that? Obviously, they have Slay. That's going to stand out to anybody because he's a, he's a big name. He's a baller. You guys traded for Darius Slay. Uh, tell me about those two levels. Absolutely. So let's start at, I would say, the superior of the two, and that being the defensive secondary. Like you said, Darius Slay, I think we'll see a lot of one-on-one with A.J. Green come Sunday, which is going to be a fun matchup. I think underneath this bad defensive play is the one thing that us as Eagles fans and followers have been looking for, and that's a dominant cornerback. And Darius Slay has been just that. And I expect A.J. Green to have his catches, but I think it'll be a a battle all game long. I'm more concerned about what happens on the other side of the ball when we have to defend Tyler Boyd. I think Boyd is in for a big game with Nickel Roby Coleman having a very poor last two weeks in the slot. If Boyd is going to be in the slot or even T. Higgins coming out of the slot, I mean, those are both two bigger players. Nickel Roby Coleman is only five foot eight. It's going to be a rough go for him if they don't put this team in position to make their secondary succeed because they didn't do that at all last week. I, I think they got into a lot of trouble running a lot of cover one and a lot of cover three that just left a lot of openings. And talk about openings, the linebacking core is 
Oh my goodness. I, we <laughs> Eagles fans right now are just cringing at the thought of having to go against Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis Gaither come Sunday, because those were two guys that this team w- really was into really was into the style of how they play. I saw Logan Wilson down in Mobile, Alabama. I absolutely love his game. I just think he's a, a pure three down linebacker. And we're here in Philadelphia having to play Nate Geary, who arguably is, I know you follow Bobby Hart, and I'm not a huge Bobby Hart fan. I think he is arguably the Bobby Hart of the linebacking position. And he is, he got, he was responsible for at least 14 points for them last week. I would say TJ Edwards. Oh, directly. If you, if you go back and look at the tape, he was directly responsible for two blown assignments in the red zone that led to touchdowns. It, It was atrocious. They don't really have good coverage linebackers. They have guys that can tackle in TJ Edwards, but I think if they want to succeed, they have to come out in a lot of nickel, a lot of dime, play those safeties, play the cornerbacks and try to keep the linebackers off the field as much as possible. Because if I'm Cincinnati, I'm looking at Joe Mixon and I'm taking full advantage in the middle of the field. I'm trying to get him in space, get him taking advantage of the leverage of the linebackers and using his athletic ability ability to just blow by them. But when it's all said and done, if the Eagles front four doesn't come out and produce, I'll have serious questions. I expect them to go out and produce against a lesser offensive line than I would say the Rams are producing at right now but I I think it'll be a a fun matchup and I think it'll be interesting to see how the Eagles do because we've seen some tough outings the last two goes against Cincinnati Carson Wentz had arguably his worst game of his entire career I know we're talking about that the last two weeks on top of that but against Cincinnati four years ago Mm -hmm. and before that, it was Donovan McNabb in the game where he didn't realize that the game would end in a tie. So I don't really have a good uh, omen going into the Cincinnati game, but it's going to be fun. A lot of good football players, a lot of good young football players are going to be on the field on both sides. And I, I like these out-of-conference matchups because they don't really mean as much in the grand scheme of things, and you kind of really enjoy the game for a little bit more than it's worth. So I'm excited for Sunday. He's Gino Camilleri. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Gino underscore L-O-E. Check out the Locked On Eagles podcast. Gino, I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, no problem. I uh, hope I wasn't too negative on my birds, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to Sunday, and it should be fun. Thank you for having me on. This episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. James, last reminder for the good people about this football from Nyko Sports. The Joe Burrow collector's item, his rookie year. You've got a photo of Joe. You've got the Bengals history. You've got the photo of Paul Brown Stadium. There are a lot of you collectors I know that listen to the show I know you would like to check this thing out. It's a limited edition, so you got to get them now. Only 2,020 of these were made. It's a full-size football. It's 99 bucks. Call now, 1-800-345-2868. That number again, 1-800-345-2868. You're talking about a quality football in something not many Bengals fans can get at all. So take advantage of this now and brag about it. For the next 15 years. Tell them that Locked on Bengals sent you. You can also order them online at nikosports.com. That's N-I-K-C-O sports.com. Be sure to tell them that Locked on Bengals sent you. 
Let's keep things rolling here on Locked on Bengals as we continue to preview Sunday's matchup. And Jake, look, I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, Spoiler alert. I think it's going to be another one-score game in the the Zach Taylor era, which uh, hasn't gone well. But I think he's going to have a shot on Sunday. It's going to come down to a few things for me. I I do want to start with offense, and we could hammer them for what they did on defense. But let's start with offense because, to me, Joe Burrow is too good. This offense has too many weapons to now in week three, a third game, a ton of reps, you know, and they might not have been great, but they were still game reps. But with A.J. Green and Burrow and and these guys, I need to see some big plays against this Eagles secondary. Their linebackers aren't great. Outside of Darius Slay, no one really in the second or third level of this defense scares me or worries me at all. And even then, I expect Green to win some of those one-on-one matchups. Am I crazy here? I'm expecting multiple 20-plus yard plays on Sunday. Is, is that insane? I think it's been a real point of emphasis this week, and it's something that I looked at. I did a little film review on YouTube with Matt Minnick earlier this week. We looked at some of the deep balls. I think the Bengals left some on the table, some balls Joe Burrow could have thrown, and obviously the ones he did throw weren't in sync. So I really like that Burrow said that this is something they're focusing on this week. I'm really excited to see how that's going to materialize itself. I'm hoping that... You know, this offensive line, on paper to me, this is a better matchup for them than the last couple weeks. Despite how well Philly's played, with Fletcher Cox maybe not playing, likely not playing, I think. Yeah, Malik Jackson's been pretty good. Yeah, they have Javon Hargrave, who has been good, but hasn't been good this year. Yeah, they have Brandon Graham coming on the edge. This is the game that I think we want to see the offense come together a little bit. I want to see AJ knock some of that rust off. Because the no preseason excuse is, is got to be going away at this point. They've had their short week. They've had their mini buy coming off that short week. This is the week to get things right on offense. And so I'm looking for a little bit more efficiency this week. Yeah, they scored 30 points last week, but they had to grind all those points mm-hmm. out. And a lot of that's coming from behind. Let's see if they can get out to a little bit of a lead this week and not let the Eagles just dictate the game the way that the Browns could last week. Yeah, the Browns had the Bengals on their heels all game. It was the, the catch-up mode the whole time. And and a lot of that also has to do with the defense because the, the key last week, we talked about it, if you could get off to a good start and really put pressure on a team that had a lot of pressure, they were hearing how bad they had been. It's the same thing in Philadelphia. I, I think if you can get off to a good start on one side and then just not get gashed, don't let Carson Wentz off the hook. Make him think about it a little. They let Baker off the hook. Three minutes into that possession, it, he was rolling. And Carson Wentz is just as capable, has more physical tools than Baker. You know, if they get him out on the run and, and, and roll him out and he's just pitch and catch to a couple of these guys, well, now he's in a rhythm. And and I think the big difference between this team and the Eagles and this offense and the Browns is you're going to somehow have to contain two tight ends and, and versus Odell Beckham Jr., you know, it's really just Deshaun Jackson there. Alshon Jeffrey, even though he practiced a little bit, he's not going to play Sunday. Jalen Rager's out. So can you contain Deshaun Jackson? I hope so at this stage of his career, even though uh, with that speed, any he can beat anybody. And, and then can you limit Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard? You know, th- those are two things outside of the run game, which we've mentioned a ton. I feel like we've talked about it for the past three weeks. Of course, they got to limit Miles Sanders. Going to be really tough to do without Geno Atkins. But the other thing there. These tight ends should eat in the middle of the field against the Bengals. And you hope maybe Sean Williams and Jesse Bates, Von Bell have something to say about it. Because I don't like the linebackers at all going up against uh, against these tight ends. 
I mean, this is this is the best tight end duo in the league, I think. I mean, I guess Jordan Reed went off last week in, in San Francisco, so if he manages to stay healthy with George Kittle, they're really good too. But Dallas Goddard would be, even if C.J. Uzama was healthy, the best tight end for the Bengals, and, and Goddard is the second tight end behind Zach Ertz in Philly. So definitely a, a concern there, but it really comes down to Carson Wentz, right? When, when Philly has the ball, here's a tweet from a guy, Thomas R. Peterson. If you just go to Twitter and search for Carson Wentz, it is just doomsday. Just, just, it looks like people talking about Andy Dalton last year, right? It's, you know, passer grade 42.7, the worst in the NFL. Sacked eight times, worst in the NFL. Four interceptions, tied for the worst in the NFL with Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, 64.4 passer rating, fourth worst in the NFL. 13 bad throws, which I, I don't know what that counts, but he I, I assume is referring to some website here. I assume PFF, actually. Second worst in the NFL, 32.9% on target, tied for sixth worst in the NFL. I mean, it, it, how, how is the Bengals have an opportunity here to show that they are not a bounce-back team for the rest of the league. After Cleveland was able to do it last week, this is a week they can show, you know what, we're not going to be that team that gets your season back on schedule. And I want to give credit to that point. That's a really great point that Matt Minnick made on Twitter today. It's a, you're right. That, that's a not only a great point, but, man, if you're the Eagles, you look at that. I, I guarantee you Deshaun's looking at William Jackson like, I'm going to beat him. And Miles Sanders is licking his chops going up against this, this front seven for the Bengals. And Carson Wentz is like, oh, Baker threw 200-plus yards and a, a couple touchdowns and left another one out there. Uh, I think I could do that too. So they're going to be feeling good. On the flip side, I, I think the Bengals really should like some of their matchups defensively. And this is the time, Jake, where if this receiving core is going to be the receiving core that we thought it was and that got all the hype, we need to see it. And I know there's been a lot of talk about, you know, you know, certain, you know, AJ Green and John Ross and, you know, T Higgins. And I need to see it from all of them because outside of Tyler Boyd and Mike Thomas, we haven't seen it from anybody, including Auden Tate in week one. And, you know, he wasn't targeted and he was out there for 15 offensive snaps. So would a Joe Burrow just ignore him? I don't think so. So hopefully this wide receiving core, including the tight ends for that, that matter, can have a good game. Um, because I, I think if I'm the Eagles, what I would try to do is limit mixing again and, and make them dink and dunk it the same way uh, these other teams have done and, and really limited the Bengals' downfield passing game. Uh, it's up to the receivers to make some contested catches. T. Higgins said that earlier this week, and, and I agree with him. I think these receivers need to start winning more, and uh, that starts with A.J., and, and I expect him to. You know I have a high bar for him, so we'll see what he does this week, but uh, expectations are pretty high. Man, he is so far off the the clip that you expected for him right now. He's <laughs> going to have to have some big games to meet James Rapine's expectations. The other thing I want to say about the passing game and, and some of the reason that the deep stuff isn't there, and this is this is my opinion. I, I don't know if this is necessarily fact, but I believe it's it's at least a little bit true, if not entirely true. I think Joe Burrow's clock is sped up just a little bit right now. I think he, he knows he has to get the ball out fast against some of these pass rushes. And so where he, he's occasionally wanted to pull the trigger on some deeper passes, he hasn't done it. And, and when I went back and I watched Cleveland game again, the Cleveland tape again, you know, he, he pumps on a on a dig to T. Higgins that he doesn't throw. He, he's looking, he doesn't even see maybe that Mike Thomas going wide open against Denzel Ward on a post that he doesn't throw. 
and and instead the the passes go underneath or he scrambles. So I want to I want to see how that part of Joe Burrow's game changes if it changes this week or if he's continually ta- saying you know what I'm going to take what they give me and it's going to be five yards per play because eventually eventually that doesn't work. Eventually you know they they start sitting on stuff and and that turns into mistakes. So let's see that deep game and and I'm harping on it and and so are the Bengals I think let's see those explosive plays this week let's see them get Joe Mixon going a little bit because they can't afford for him to be an expensive I don't know whatever like they can't ex- afford for him to be an expensive Ben Jarvis Green Ellis who who could have the same numbers oh my right god now. <laughs> I, I don't know man like he they need more is, can, is my can point I tell you something I thought about this week yeah. I was like, man, they could have – and I, I swear, I said for the first two games, and obviously Joe's talented, and I've made that clear. But I was like, man, they could have got the same production from Devonta Freeman and traded Mixon in the offseason. Absolutely. Like, 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 and that's the crazy part. Like at some point, he does need to make an impact. They need more. They, they absolutely need more from Mixon. Let's see if that gets going this week. The whole offense just needs to generally be more efficient. I think a lot of that comes down to the offensive line, and I think this is a week that they could be a little bit better given the matchups and, and yeah, I know that there's talented guys on Philly's defensive line. They've invested a ton. They're deep there, but they, they don't have the superstar, especially without Fletcher Cox that the Bengals have seen in miles Garrett and Joey Bosa the last couple of weeks. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back on Sunday after the game to get you our insights and what was said, what happened until then Bengals fans who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.